that's a growler. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the NeverEnding Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and because of this name, everybody cries. The movie, <laughs> The NeverEnding Story. I'm Thomas Aweth. Accurate. I'm Tierney Steele. Wait, where did Steve... Steve? Oh, no. Oh, wait, who's that? Uh, I, I killed who, Steve. Who? <gasps> you, oh, Jonathan, is that you? <laughs> Whoa. I'm back. Guess- Guess you decided those bonus episodes for the Princess Bride Minute were done. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, Jonathan. Nice to hear your voice again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your listeners are probably like, oh, that's this guy again. I don't know. But uh, (laughs) I guess we're we're kind of playing the the Wesley and Inigo thing where you get, you know, the two different stories at different times. So, yeah, that works out well. (laughs) Yeah. You're on the flip side of the mic today. (laughs) Yeah, no hosting duties this time. How do you feel? Oh, good. I get to say whatever I want this time. <laughs> right. So I'll let you guys battle it out for the uh, minute summary. Uh, well, I'll let Jonathan kick back and relax while I let you know that minute 86 starts with Bastion stealing himself to call her name. And it ends with him telling the Empress that everything's been in vain. They almost rhymed. Yeah, that was close. It's close. <laughs> it's close. Did you ever think pages getting blown over could be so dramatic? <laughs> hey, don't skip ahead too far. I know you want to get past this first part really quickly, but we're not going well, to. They flip this back is and way forth too between important. The, the pages and him. It shows more than once. It's one of the first yeah. things in the minute. This is way too important. Everybody, <laughs> everybody that's listening to this podcast has been waiting for this moment. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Do you guys have any personal stories re- regarding this moment, like having heard something else, or or when did you actually figure out what he was saying and what it meant? Uh, I I I never had a clue what he was saying. Getting kind of getting my notes together, I was like, I, you know, just trying to make sense of it. I was like, I don't know what he's saying, like Montoya. I don't know. It doesn't really sound like Montoya, but I I couldn't get anything. Um, but then I recently <laughs> finished reading the book. And I'm like, oh, he's saying Moonchild, right? Yes, that is what he's yeah. saying. Okay. Let's make it official, everybody. He is saying Moonchild, and I guarantee if you listen to it, you can hear him actually saying that. Oh, yeah, you can, because my notes go all capitals about how <laughs> I hate, hate, hate <laughs> that now that I know the name, I can hear it in what he shouts. Because I started watching this movie as a very little kid, and even as a little kid, I thought... How cool that you don't know what the name is. Yeah. I thought the whole point of the entire thing was that you didn't know the Empress's new name. I would agree with you. You could fill it in on your own. It's a whole thing. Now, in the book, he mentions that he comes up with the name Moonchild, and he has this whole thing, even before we get to that, where he's like, I love making up names for people. And so it's, okay, this came out of nowhere. In the movie, this is supposed to be his mother's name. So it being Moonchild no longer makes any sense. And I hate it, just in case that wasn't clear. <laughs> yeah, we've we've discussed this a little bit before. Like, how would Gerald Ford end up with anybody whose name is Moonchild? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make... <laughs> uh, unless it's one of those 
like Dharma and Greg type marriages. Or- <laughs> oh it's funny you God. should say that because that's exactly yep. the reference I used before. Oh, yep. maybe that. Okay, so I've listened to your whole show, so maybe I subconsciously just uh, <laughs> oh, came there, back there up is with that, that so. possibility. Just I guess. It. Yeah, I just does the timing even work out for her to have been named Moonchild unless she changed her name in the sixty like. No, she would have been teeny. Yeah, she would have oh, been yeah. born. Yeah, she wouldn't have been named Moonchild as a baby. Yeah, she that could have been her assumed name. Yeah, she if she was a flower child who changed her name to Moonchild. Maybe that was Dad's step yes. or her his uh, nickname for her. That hmm. she never knew his mother's name. <laughs> Maybe she had a really nice butt, so Moon worked well. Oh God. <laughs> And then she gave him a child, so it just kind of evolved from there. No, no, no. Maybe we have this backwards. Maybe she was the really uptight neoconservative. And so uh. he called her Moonchild as like a little light joke that was just between the two of them because she was like the total opposite of anyone who would be named Moonchild. But then it became a cute thing between them. So by the time Bastion was old enough to be around, like that part of the story had been lost. And then when she died, dad figured out that he had to, he had to step up and become that responsible person. Yep. And that's why he's lecturing Bastion <laughs> to do the same thing. Yep. Oh man. He couldn't be the whimsical person anymore. He had to step up and be responsible. If I got to do it, you got to do it. I think we've solved it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Headcanon accepted. <laughs> All right. So, so now everyone is okay with the scene now, right? Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, still I, like I guess I could say it's better. And yeah. <laughs> I have always had the book to fall back on, knowing that oh. the reason she's named that or he screams that in the book is because he's just making up a name. Yeah. So I'm, I've always been fairly okay with it. I know we do have some listeners who are not okay with it. We have some Hopefully hosts we've helped who are them. not okay with it. <laughs> but it is more enjoyable this way. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree with you, Tierney, though, that, that that's what I always thought was that you, it was supposed to be covered up. It was supposed to be yeah. something that, because, you know, a, as he is the, the main character that we're kind of following and we're becoming part of the story, then, yeah, it just made sense to me that that name could be anything that I thought it was. It was anything that you thought it was. It was anything, you know, what anybody thought it was because we're now part of the story. We can make up our own name, but... And exactly. N- now I find out that it's actually just a name. I'm like, yeah, okay. And I'm so mad because so many times we have said the great thing about this movie was that it treated kids as smart. Like, it did not dumb down to kids. So the idea that, like, you don't know what the name is, it could be anything, fits with that much better than he shouted Moonchild into the storm. <laughs> so what do you think his mother's name actually was? <sighs> hmm. Well, she married into the name books, so yeah, it doesn't have to be anything that goes with that, really. What's his Although, dad's name? I mean, if if her name was like Beatrice Bella Books, that would be kind of <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and that's why she wanted him to have all the bees. No, I'm trying to think. What's his dad's name? Uh, dad. dad. <laughs> Major. <laughs> I'm trying to think what's a Julius? really good... Julius. Julius. There you go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm trying to think what a good female book's name is. I'll I'll leave mine submitted as Beatrix Bella Books. <laughs> well, see, the problem is the patriarchy 
So I don't have as many female names that immediately pop into mind as male <laughs> names. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to think. So Bastion would have been born in the early 70s. So his mom You're going was by the book probably or by the movie? born in the early... Oh, movie. Um, movie, I, he would have been born probably about the same time I was. I, so so 76-ish. I was trying to think about when his mom would have been born then. So around the same time as my dad. So his older sisters were Barbara, Sherry, and Patty. And they were never the only ones with those names in their classes. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think you're putting way too much thought into I this. absolutely am, but now I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> See, my, my mom's name is Barbara, so I'm kind of partial to that one. So Barbara yeah. There Barbara you go, and it works well That's with kinda... the uh, theme. Yeah, well, Barbara Books fits really well. Oh, my God. And if she was, like, the slightly more uptight one, how adorable is her embarrassment the day she realizes her name's going to be Barbara Books? <laughs> oh, that's really cute. <laughs> like that. It almost right. makes me want to come up with, like, a, a maiden name that would be funny for that. Like, would it all, always have been a B? <laughs> I, I don't want it to have been. I want it to have been, like, she was like, oh, and my name will be Barbara Books. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I could live with that. I really like the guy. <laughs> and she had like one of those unique uh, middle names, like reading or something Ooh. like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you got to go Lux. L-U-X. I always loved that as a middle name when I was a cheesy, like, younger kid and thought that would be really cool to give someone <laughs> a name. Barbara reading Lux. <laughs> oh. That would make sense for the Luck Dragon. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. All right. She so now him. we can get to your, <laughs> we can your page on. turning. <laughs> we can move on. Now, see, in my defense, they switch back and forth. We see these yes. pages turning a couple times um, and the lights are getting more and more flickery. So uh, this is where I have a small problem with the minute. He's not in darkness out there. Like it's not dark outside. It's dark inside by the book, possibly, but where he's standing at the window is probably not very dark. But then all of a sudden, the world just disappears. No, it's, it's supposed to be dark. He was in the lightning flashes. That's what that light was. Yeah, but you know how it is when you're outside. It, it, it's never completely dark. There's, you know, other buildings with lights on or the moon shining through a little bit. To go from that to absolute darkness in the next scene... Is well, a little strange. Because he like, crosses over. I don't know. I, he's no it's, longer <laughs> in the attic. He's he's in the... It's not King's Cross Station in Deathly Hallows, but... Um, <laughs> I had the question, how does he know to talk to her if it's completely dark? How does he know she's there? Maybe he's just talking to nothing. He Ooh, the nothing. <laughs> oh. uh, he's just speaking out to maybe alleviate some fear. Like, talking out loud yeah. to help himself? Well, maybe he... Oh, oh! He doesn't realize he's crossed over to what was once was Fantasia. He's saying, why is it so dark? Because all of a sudden he's not seeing the other buildings and all that right. stuff out the window. So he says, why is it so dark? And she responds, and that's... By the time the lights come up, he has adjusted to this new reality. <laughs> so, what are they standing on? Are they standing on? They're just... We're sitting on. I don't know. I guess I guess that's true. We never see her floating. doing anything besides sitting. So, so maybe 
But if she's holding all of Fantasia in the palm of her hand, yeah. what are they on? What's their their ground plane? Well, I guess if uh, I, I guess I assume they're surrounded by nothing, and so I guess if, yeah, I, I guess if there's nothing there, there's nothing to pull you down or up or anywhere. So would that sand be like? The gravitational pull that's keeping them together at that point. Oh, if you want to get real nerdy, then I guess they, if there's absolutely nothing else, they would be the only two things really holding each other. Did, did you just ask me if I wanted to get real nerdy? <laughs> Have you not noticed that we're doing this minute by minute? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here like sweating, thinking about philosophy and metaphysics and everything hurts. <laughs> yeah, unless, unless, uh, if that grain of sand is just a grain of sand, then it wouldn't have that much gravitational pull. But they would each have gravitational pull on each other. Yeah. More than the grain of sand would. Unless that's like a, you know, a hyper-condensed thing. Right. And then we have the Star Trek problem, like what makes them on the same axis. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that, I think the grain of sand is supposed to be literally just the grain of sand, even though it is glowing in a way that would make Indiana Jones also break out into sweat. Um, no, I, I think because it's representational, you know, this is all that's left or all that remains of her vast empire. Right. And so he has to kind of create from a, the blank cloth that is what's surrounding them. I almost think it would be more fitting to have her in the attic with him for a moment. Like instead of him being pulled to her, she's pulled to him with mm. the grain of sand. And then she offers him the chance to start all over. Mm. It just seems problematic to me that they're in the middle of nothing, literally. Well, uh, I, I kind of like it. I, I kind of imagine, yeah. like, my, my first thought of if she was there all of a sudden, just uh, it might be almost kind of scary because <laughs> it seemed yeah. like, like her. She's suddenly revealed in a lightning flash. And, ah. Yeah, I think that would feel a little awkward. I always liked the whole in the beginning, it is always dark, it's always nothing, then things start. Oh, look at that. My mom sending me to Sunday school did pay off a little bit. <laughs> she always thought it didn't, but it did, because I, I like the way they do this. <laughs> I mean, it, besides everything else, it's a great effect. In the 80s, they didn't have the LED technology that we do right now and stuff like that. So the small light in her hand is kind of a cool effect. Is that just like a bright you know, light beam, or do they have something in her hand that's actually reflecting? I guess they're... It seems I like they gotta have something. I think there. they have I, something in her hand that's reflecting. And that's or I could a, see him just putting a, a little light with a cable coming off of it, going off to what its power source, hmm. and she's just holding it, and you don't see it because of the darkness. Yeah, yeah, I think it's. I think it's in. It's in one of the following minutes when uh, Bastion is holding the light, and it looks a yeah. lot more like it's just a beam of light on his hand or something. Right. Um, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't look quite as shiny when it's as when it's in her hand. Plus, this is the stage person nerd coming out of me. I really like the idea that it's the targeted light on the sand. You know, something to, maybe there's something there to kind of reflect, to kind of make it bounce. And then the light on her, the light on him coming up. That feels very stagey. Like, I could almost feel how you have to move the aperture for the spot. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I, I feel like I just have tons of issues with these this minute. No! <laughs> <laughs> I know I love these minutes, but is her headpiece crooked or is it just me? Oh, um. <laughs> it really looks like the right-hand side of it, as we're looking at it, is higher than the left-hand side, but it looks spaced evenly. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> I know. Well. <laughs> maybe maybe it's more her hairline is. Yeah. 
It might just be that her hairline's slightly un, even though it's brushed back. It, it could, I wouldn't like die of shock if it turned out it was. But True, but. <laughs> I also can't tell if it's, maybe that's kind of where it needed to be for the way she has her head tilted. Possibly. Like that might just be a purely practical, when they centered it perfectly, it slid on her. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. I could, I could go with that. Yeah. I like that even before she smiles, you can tell she's not upset through all this. Right. Like, she's just very calm. No, she so has, my- she has a, a great face. I think we've, we talked <laughs> about that before, but, but I, I, I like her interactions. I like her face changes and her face drops and everything. So yeah. mature for her age. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. So now we get to Bastion and his wonderful wording of lines. Hmm. <laughs> So does that mean Fantasia is disappeared? <laughs> Isn't it yeah, totally he, disappeared? Yeah, totally, totally disappeared. disappeared. He's, I had a hard time with, with some of his lines because the more I listen to him, they don't technically sound bad, but just when they first hit me, they just sound like a much younger kid saying it. Uh, exactly. Mm. Like I'm, I'm expecting yes. him to say like totally disappeared, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Oh, that was like my, my train of thought for these notes. Exactly. I think there's, uh, in some later minutes, he's got some other words too with it's like, oh, I don't, it's not, it's not wrong, but it just sounds weird. Yeah. I, this particular sentence I had to play a couple times to like and run it through my head using my English knowledge. Like, do all those words? Yeah. I guess they technically do fit together correctly. <laughs> it just seems odd. Yeah. It's, he's not talking, like, nothing in the movie has prepared us for the sentence. So Fantasia is totally disappeared. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess between the two of these characters, you you expect that she's going to be a little more uppity in her, you know, her grammars. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to be using words that maybe you wouldn't expect a kid to use. Um, I can't really say what's wrong with it because he is a kid, but he's saying things that sound scripted, but he's saying them as a, a younger kid. So there's a weird imbalance. I don't know. Yeah, he uh, and he's also... It's It's been shown to us that he's an intelligent child, too. Like, he does a lot of reading and stuff like that, and you, it just seems slightly out of character. Yeah. So, jumping back a little bit, I didn't mean to bring up the fact that apparently his candle timing is perfect, <laughs> because those candles are right down to the nub just when they got blown out and weren't needed anymore. Oh, man, I, oh, yeah. I, I, I love the effect of that whole transition, but... That's that whole beginning of this minute is just making me nervous for that book because we got, (laughs) you know, we've got the fire. We've got all this melted wax next to it. And I know the rain isn't necessarily going in the room, but we see it so much interspersed with the book that I'm like, ah, there's too many elements. It's getting wet. It's getting dirty. All the dust that we know is in the room. The flame. We've already seen him blow pages off and and a pile of dust come off of it. So, (laughs) so now you add water and moisture. It's just going to turn to mud on the pages. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh no oh no now speaking speaking of the book now we see the wind is blowing it to the end you know like you know this is the end of the story kind of thing is, is that just like a visual thing of you know fantasia is all gone except for this one speck you know now the the book is done so we go to black is that i think so because it that can't be sa- it can't be saying that the story is done because you know it's never ending i <laughs> right. think if he started over it would be a new story because it would have to talk about the stuff that he was doing at that time again. Not like he would ye- yell out at the exact same time anymore. 
Hmm. He would have to keep up with his current life. Yeah. Nope. He has accepted his destiny. (laughs) He's yelled. He's become more Atreyu finally. (laughs) He did do as he dreamed. That's that's interesting. You you just said that about Atreyu, and I know that as the you know, especially at the very end, that Atreyu and Bastion have kind of like started going back and forth, and you know, becoming more like each other. Um, so now that now that that thought's in there, it's interesting that when Atreyu met the childlike Empress, you know, it was all light and everything, and when Bastion meets her, it's all dark. Ooh, look at you! That's like rather that. poignant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what it means. I'm trying to no, desperately no. to find out a meaning for <laughs> yeah, it in my head. Oh, but. oh, it's oh, it's just like the snakes, like the dark snake so, and the light snake. Oh, there you go. There go. Just two we sides of a, of a coin. <laughs> yep, yin and yang. Now I'm thinking about the yin yang symbol, but that's the wrong decade. This is an 80s movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're with the Ouroboros instead. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Th- those were the notes that I had for this minute because, again, so much of my note taking was taken up with angry type of because now that i know for so for decades i heard gibberish and then i read the book and as soon as you know what he's saying you can't help hearing it that's what i was going to say tierney actually jonathan you might be able to help here because it's been a little bit since i, re- I listened to the audiobook explain how the whole scene in the book worked where she locked time until he was finally willing to accept his his charge which part of it, I guess? I, I mean, I like, know she like goes to... Like his side of it or her, her side of it? I guess start with her side because I know she goes to... Who is it that she goes to? The the man in the mountain Old or something like that? Mountain. Yeah. Yeah, see, this is the weird part of like how I read books is I'll just visually recognize the weird names and never actually try to figure out how to say them. So <laughs> so I don't I don't remember the man on the mountain's name, but... We'll call but yeah, him she, that. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so she goes to him and... Basically, like she's not supposed to be there or something, but yeah. because right. she because she is, she it kind of forces this weird thing where uh, oh, I I don't actually remember now. I love she, it. She breaks time, like she breaks yeah. reality. It's so cool. But I've only ever read the book. I've never listened to the audio, so I don't know how on earth they do that back and forth. Because in the book, <laughs> it's really weird, and you've like typing over typing because. When she breaks it, he's just cycling through and through and through and through what already happened. Right. So I don't know how on earth you do that, like, out loud. (laughs) Just explain, if you guys can, explain the general mechanics of why, do you remember why it broke time? Well, he, the old man is writing the book, The Nevering Story. He is the author. Right. Her being in his presence breaks it because she can never interact with him. He is writing her story. He's also writing Bastion's story at the same time. And if I remember right, the story basically starts over and over again. Yep. It goes to the beginning, cycles back to here, and once it's back to here, it goes to the beginning again. Yep. Oh, oh, that's right, because he, well, on Bastion's side of it, he basically, he sees what we see at the very beginning of this book with the the backwards Coriander books thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And and, uh, so, yeah, he's, yeah, at that part of the story, like, I was like, Man, Bastion is a slow learner or, you know, it takes a lot to push him into these things that he should already be naturally, like, you know, wanting to do. Because yeah. he's, because well, it, it's basically, he's like rereading that whole thing again. And then right. until he's ready to do it, it's yeah. like, oh my goodness, just do it. And I mean, in the book, he's a chicken. He's a, ch- a chubby little chicken and totally afraid of everything. So it you probably say, yeah, does take. 
<laughs> no, that's what the book I, says over and over. He's fat. I'm not saying it. That's what the book says over I and over. I kind of like chubby little chicken. That's amazing. <laughs> chubby little chicken. I'm it's hungry now. It's just alliterative enough. <laughs> no, I'm really sad. I wasn't sure how much you guys would have talked about it when we met the Empress, but I, the one thing that I'm sad about is that we don't get her journey to the mountain, which is right. amazing and crazy and so cool. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about it since we have some time? Well, she heads out. Uh, I believe at first she's like being carried because she leaves the ivory tower before it all goes to, you know, this say- grain of sand is all that remains. <laughs> I was waiting to see uh, how you were going to proceed with journey. <laughs> she has attendance. But at one point, I think when she reaches like the mountain and has to go up, she says, I have to go alone or no, she has to go alone or whatever. They leave her there, and I think there's even, like, a tearful goodbye. I don't remember. But she is dressed like this. Like, she is climbing this mountain in, like, her bare feet. It talks about, like, her feet getting all cut up, and she's just wearing, like, this wispy thing in the snow as she climbs up the rocks. And then, for some reason, there is a ladder, right, into his little... Mm -hmm. I always picture is, like, an egg, basically. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with, with a ladder sticking out that she has to climb up, like, and her hands are freezing to the rungs of the ladder. And it's just like, whoa, like, that's intense. Like, she has a whole, she's an action hero. Yeah, that is kind of cool. And I wish they would have And shown then she goes in there bit. and breaks the world, which, as an adult, I always enjoy, like, as confusing as they are, the episodes of Doctor Who where they, like, break the world. Yeah. Probably because of this movie. <laughs> like, in her yeah, defense, it is her world to break. Yeah, well, she she says this is the last resort. Yeah. She's very T.O.'d that she has to do all that. Or, yeah, T.O.D. Um, <laughs> that she has to force this to happen. She really thought, like, Atreus Adventures would get Bastia there and get him to name her, but no! And that makes me question whether or not I mean, not that Atreyu failed, but whether or not that whole port in the book, according to the book, does that mean all of that actually failed? It was pointless? Could she have just done the the loop break and eventually he would have come around without having to put Atreyu through all those trials? But I feel like she couldn't, even if she wanted to, and it's definitely implied that this is a, la- you know, pre-glass in case of emergency situation. I, I think you have to reel him in. Right. Because otherwise he would have just stopped reading when it got, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. would have been easier for him to close the book and look away. Yeah. It, it, we, we don't want to say that all of this adventure has been in vain. Right. And no. I think the movie does a good job of not even hinting towards that at all. No, so. but, but we do miss like crazy mountaineering childlike empress. Yeah. It would have been great to see a strong, it really cool. see her doing that strong, great stuff and, Oh, my God. And she's a dancer. Her feet probably do look crazy. She could have done that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you guys have any other notes for today? Nope. Just more Bastion talk that I kind of don't really care for. (laughs) (laughs) Which kind of stinks because, like, previous minutes, like, when he was, like, yelling, you know, the, the, what do I have to do and stuff like that. I was like, man, I, re- I like it when he yells. Like some of the other <laughs> stuff in the in the attic sounds really cheesy, but I like it when he yells. But then we get to some of these minutes and things that he's saying. It's like, oh, maybe I don't really like it when he yells. I, I don't know. <laughs> Bastion's an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> 
We, we, I go back and forth on him quite a bit. And I think it really does come down to, I have this note on a different minute, but it, it really is like, if you give him something to do, he will right. do it well. It's all these little weird filler things that I don't like. And the problem is they add up so that it's kind of 50-50 stuff you like and stuff you don't. Yeah. All right. Well, according to what happened today, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, who's going to be guesting or what's going on. I guess we will just have to find out. But that's, that's another, another story. And shall be told another time. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.